Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, welcome to Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in, kids. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby, another edition of Husker Rewind. Every Sunday, 5 to 7, big show for you today. Tom Chattel will be joining us in hour number two. Eric Strickland, hour number one. Big weekend for Nebraska basketball. It was the 94 reunion weekend. They had Huskers from every decade, though, starting back in the 50s. Uh, and it was it was a lot of fun. Culminated with an Eric Piatkowski half-court shot. And... Uh, Oh, the camera. Yeah. There you go. Put the camera up. But Eric Pietkowski hit a half-court shot. I know. He's, he's going to what, really Houston cool. or something? The first two were not good. I mean, one was nearly an air ball. The, the other nicked the rim, and then, of course, he banks it in in Eric Pietkowski fashion. Uh, he needs needed to be under pressure. And he wants some guy a trip to somewhere. I mean, it was a, a sponsorship brought to you by the Lincoln Airport, and they just thought, well, we have one of the best shooters of all time here. Let's, let's give something just, away. Let's just uh, give something away. And they've actually had a lot of them made this year. Yeah. Yeah. From the, uh, you and I were at one of the games and the dude made it on. I think he had six tries and he made uh, it on like his, his second or third. Uh, but it was cool to see Danny Knee got to shake his hand. Uh, he was telling stories. He was in in perfect form. Danny Knee form. We were hoping <laughs> to go to Barry's after the game, but they had done that the night before they met at Barry's. There's that famous story that he would always go to Barry's after every game. And these fans would meet him at Barry's. There's, you know, groups of fans that would meet him there and they would talk to Danny. It was your chance to to chat with Danny. And they thought they had him beat to Barry's one day. Chattel wrote a great article. That's that one of the reasons. Fantastic. Um, he wrote a couple, actually three articles, I think, this weekend about Danny Knee. They thought they had Danny Knee beat to the bar because they turned on the postgame show. There's Danny still talking. Yep. Uh, and so they they arrive and there's Danny standing at the bar. <laughs> Great, great, uh, great experience uh, seeing him. Um, he hugged my wife, Heidi, immediately when he saw her because she was the director of marketing back then. And so uh, he knew all the faces and it was it was great to see him again. He was awesome. He was awesome. So you said it was vintage Danny knee. Um, I got to ask how many how many of that word did he say if it was vintage Danny? <laughs> knee? <laughs> you know what? He was he was a little more. Danny, the coach was a million miles an hour and he's still coaching. He's go- coaching at the, in the high school ranks, yeah. uh, AAU. Uh, but this Danny is a little more sedate, a little more laid back, at least the Danny I saw. And I think he loved being around the, his ex players and seeing all the players. I think he was a little uncomfortable going out of center court and being honored. Uh, I, but I, I think he was, he was really happy to be here. I mean, he, he kept talking about this place is incredible. This 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 place is. Amazing. I thought Devaney was great. This place is incredible. They play here, you yeah. uh, So he was really impressed with the digs and the crowd and the atmosphere. Um, and and he, but he wondered aloud. I wonder if they can get the players at Nebraska. But he, it was it was fun to talk to him. Talk to him about five minutes. Yeah, the thing is, like, I always got the feeling he felt like he wasn't wanted. Right. With the way things ended in kind of like we, Frank Solich. Yeah. And we've heard that, you know, many times that that he has said, um, you know, I, I kind of think maybe I overstayed my welcome. Yeah. And, and I, him and Billy Tubbs had conversations and Tubbs told him, don't ever stay anywhere longer than 10 years right. because you you just just don't do it unless you're literally 
uh, you know, at the time, Dean Smith, then that's just the wrong thing to do. And Tubbs, I think when Tubbs told him that, he was in his ninth year at Oklahoma, and two years later, Tubbs left. Right. And he was like, nope, my, I got my 11 years in. Things are starting to get a little, little, little frisky, and I just was like, peace out. Yeah, the late 90s, uh, he had that great year in 94, and, and I think they made, a, what was their final tournament, 96, something like that? I want to say it was 96, 97. Uh, somewhere in there. And then you look at the records and they really start to go off the cliff. And his last year at Nebraska in 2000, they were what 11 and 19. Uh, and you knew it was kind of over. Uh, I think a couple of years prior to that, he thought he had the gig at Rutgers. He really, yeah, I thought, remember that he really thought he had that gig. There's a story where he brings his dog to an interview and it's got, a, it's got an R, a sweater R. Yep. It's like he had, basically announced to the world, I'm leaving. I'm going to Rutgers. And then he didn't get the job. Yeah. It's like that George Costanza scene in Seinfeld where he quits. He goes, I'm out of here. You people suck. I'm out of here. And then he shows up realizing that he doesn't have a job. So he shows up Monday at the office thinking, maybe they won't notice that I quit. <laughs> yep. And uh, so it's, it's really hard to live that down. Well, a little known, uh, little known fact that it's no big deal that if I share now, I don't believe. Um, Lincoln stars head coach, Steve Johnson, the, the first head coach that won all five of the banners that hang from the rafters at the icebox. Uh, his final year or second to last year, he was a finalist for the university of North Dakota women's hockey head coaching position mm -hmm. and fully anticipated getting it and spent, uh, one entire weekend with him and one of the assistant coaches, uh, reading the Bible of the NCAA recruiting regulations <laughs> and had literally checked out like the team, wow. like, like he's doing it on the bus. Oh man. And, uh, did not sit well. Season did not end well. It was, it was interesting. Still the best coach of all time. And sometimes you, when you're in it, you don't realize how good things are. Yeah. Uh, that was the best era of Nebraska basketball. He was coach at Nebraska, from 86 to 2000. Yep. Uh, that 90 91 team is the best team of all time. They went 26 and 8. They were absolutely loaded. I rewatched the game over the weekend, the 94 uh, tournament championship where they beat Oklahoma State. That team was loaded. Yeah. Well, and it was funny. We were, I was listening last week uh, to old school, and Jay was kind of rattling off, you know, that one team and, you know, in the early 90s, and they were a two seed and they got beat by like Middle Tennessee State. Right. And I'm like, Jay, no, they were a three seed and they got beat by Xavier because Xavier hit like 47 threes. Oh, they did. That, that was such a loaded team. I mean, Rich King and Tony Farmer, DePriest Owens. I mean, Bo Reed in his infancy, I believe, was on. Was he, was he there no, yet? No, that was his senior year. That was his, okay. Um, but th those teams, Carl Hayes, ridiculously talented. At the, I'm trying to think. If oh, he, yeah. I think he was at the top. Remember, they ran that one-three-one, which Nebraska still ran with Strick at the top. Sometimes they put Boone at the top of the one-three-one, but with Carl Hayes, you couldn't pass over him. No. Uh, but those teams were so much fun to watch and so talented, and we haven't seen anything close. In fact, this team this year might be as close as anything we've seen since the knee era, and this team is quite frankly not close to those teams. Yeah, they they would not uh, do well. No. Yes. Okay. So I, I was thinking about that because I was like, I know Bo, Bo Reed was here because of his dad, but uh, his dad also coached under Maliba. But right. yeah, Reed was a senior in that 1991 uh, season. And 
you know, I think back in the Michigan State game that year is the one that was Where, the was tipping it Michigan point. State number two or something. They, they like were number three, number three, and they came in and Steve Smith was their their star. Played a long time at the end. Oh, a long time, and. um where I had seats, where you and I had our season tickets, yeah. um, Tom and I had season tickets. We were literally center court. We were in row 29, though, so we right. were a little high. And my, the, my tickets for that Michigan State game were directly across the arena from where our season tickets were, mm-hmm. up at the top, nosebleed. But where I was, Nebraska came out of that timeout on the last play of the game, down by one. And they ran the play and Reed came open. Right. And I like you could not have lined my vision up any better with Bo Reed and the basket. And as soon as it left his hands, I start screaming. Right. Everybody else around me is like they're looking at me like, are you seeing something in the future? But it it absolutely was dead online. If it if it was the right distance, I knew it was in. I started losing my mind, and then everybody else did when it actually went in. He had a few uh, winning shots, a couple. I, one against Kansas. I think Danny and the Miracles yeah. one year, he hit a shot uh, to beat Kansas at home. Yeah. Uh, Jamar that, Johnson had the famous shot against Kansas as well. Well, was that the one that he hit to beat Kansas? Was that the uh, the game? It was. It was the game that Chubbick had the block. Right. Yeah. Man. That's right. Uh, Kansas was going to win the game, and, yeah. and he blocks it at the rim. Uh, but man, those teams were fun to watch. Well, and I, uh, we'll talk a because lot because thing. of you telling me about the '94 uh, Big A Championship game, I went back and rewatched the vast majority of it as well, and it was absolutely incredible. Strick and, didn't come off the bench until you know five minutes into the game. In some cases, yeah. I mean, he was a young Strick at that time. Mikey Moore was on that team. He didn't play at all. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, I was amazed at how the difference between Bruce Chubbick. And Bryant, big country Reeves, big crunch, big country had him by like four or five inches and at least 40 pounds. He he was seven feet tall. He was 300 pounds. But the flip side is that last 10 minutes of that game, Chubbick is standing there bouncing around when there's a dead ball and Reeves is hands on hips and on knees, pulling on the shorts, sucking air. Yeah. And Chubbuck just let him have it all game long. Chubbuck was so much fun to watch, and Pike was on that team. I mean, I, you forget about guys. Melvin Brooks was a really good player. Yeah. Tom Best was on that team. Heck, he'd be starting on today's team. <laughs> Tom Best and the guy that I worked with at a steel company in Omaha could have been twins. He looks <laughs> it was, like, it was, I, I noticed yesterday when he walked out, he looks like Trev Alberts to me. I mean, he, he looks almost really? exactly like Trev Alberts now. Uh, anyway, we'll talk a lot about Danny Knee coming back to Lincoln uh, for reunion weekend. He hadn't been here since 2009, so it was cool to see Danny. Uh, but we got to get to the opening kick. Lasher will kick it off for Oklahoma. The Sooners are in white. We are in Lincoln, Nebraska, and we are ready to go. And ready to go on to the next round. The d- divisional championship is going to be the Detroit Lions. Baker Mayfield looks like he just threw a pick. They were down eight, 31-23. That's the best story of the playoffs, and, right? The uh, Lions? 133 left in the game now. That's going to uh, probably seal the deal. Not probably, it does seal the deal. Yeah, um, I think it is. I, I I mean, just because of how putrid that franchise has been for so many decades. I thought it had a chance when the playoffs started to be Joe Flacco, if 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 Cleveland went anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Joe Flacco basically coming out of off his couch, out of retirement. Uh, I thought if they made a run, that was going to be the story. But Jared Goff and the Lions winning their first playoff game last week in 32 years or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. 
And now one game away from going to the Super Bowl. Yep. Crazy. Yeah. Now, normally the uh, the opening kick, we're going to roll through Nebraska stuff, but with just seeing the pick on TV, I'm just going to go to the NFL stuff I've got. Uh, yesterday in the NFL playoffs, Baltimore rolled over Houston 34-10, to and San Francisco comes back from being down seven, entering the fourth quarter to knock off Green Bay 24-21. Bucks-Lions uh, will conclude here momentarily. 31-23 should be the final there with Detroit picking up the win, and then uh, in just about, uh, I think, 19 minutes, they're going to kick off in Buffalo. Uh, where the Bills host the Chiefs. By the way, I watched the introductions to that game. Levante David mentions his junior college. You know, they all say yeah. where they went to school. He he said his junior college, where it was it, somewhere in Kansas. I can't even remember. It wasn't Hutchinson. It wasn't Coffeeville, wasn't it? It wasn't Coffeeville. Uh-huh. That was Mike Rozier. Um Anyway, he he mentioned his junior college. Huh. Some guys mentioned their high school. Yeah, and maybe he changes it up. Maybe he says Nebraska half the time. I just thought that, that's a little odd that they yeah. would mention his junior yeah. college. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Pierce has been named the Raiders head coach permanently. Uh, that happened on Friday. He led the team to a five and four record after Josh McDaniels was fired. I believe the day before Halloween or on Halloween day. Um, has there been a, an a, a, a aspiring head coach, a uh, golden boy assistant that has been more of a failure and an embarrassment to different franchises uh, any more so than Josh McDaniels? No. I mean, oh, like, he, he's he just was, a, he's a little he, punk, but you think of all the coaches that came from the Belichick so tree. Arrogant. Did anyone succeed from the Belichick tree? Well, I mean, at a, a, I mean, nobody liked Belichick, certainly Vra- no, but Vrabel, but he was a player, not a coach. Right. And, and I mean, I think, and, and, well, then he was a coach and he's done. And then he was fired. Well, which is going to, to me, I think the Patriots ought to hire him. Yeah. Well, it's too late. They already picked a guy. Uh, Did they, they miss they, it? They're, yeah, they're they're you know, linebacker, it's, former it, linebacker. It's New England. I don't care. Yeah, they, they've already picked a guy. A former linebacker played for them. Um, sorry, my it's not a he's not a household name, but I should know his name. Patriots coach. I'm yelling into my phone. Right <laughs> it's Jared Mayo. Oh, Gerard Mayo. Gerard Mayo. God, I knew that. I saw that earlier in the week. Yeah. Yeah, that's my bad. I'm old. I forget things. Uh, Linnell, let's get to some Nebraska stuff. Uh, Basketball had another roller coaster week. They lose in overtime to Rutgers on Wednesday night, 87-82. They led by 12 with less than 10 minutes to play. Actually, I think 11 with less than 10 minutes to play. That was a game they should not have lost. Uh, Granted, if Juwan Gary doesn't strain the calf, thank goodness it's a calf strain and not a torn Achilles, which is what it looked like. Uh, But... They bounced back yesterday. It's an ugly win, uh, but you know what? I will take uh, 22 or 23 ugly wins. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. A win is a win. 75-69 over a damn good Northwestern squad. Uh, they're back to 500 in conference, 4-4 four and four overall, 14-5. and five. They host Ohio State Tuesday. Then they travel to College Park to take on Maryland next Saturday morning at 11. Um, consistency is going to need to be what this team develops more than anything. They and, need some toughness. And and Fred Hoiberg in the post game made the comment, you know, nobody's dumping water on anybody. Nobody's screaming and no, yelling. There's no, no nobody's dance, dancing. Nobody dancing in okay, the locker we, room. We did that with good reason. It was the number one team in the country. But you know what? It's it's time to just simply lunch pail every day. Just and you show know who the lunch work. pail the lunch pail guy was definitely on Saturday. Uh, oh, Joe. It, it, well, it was Josiah Alec. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He he played the game of his life. And I love how he talks. I mean, he he just 
you can feel toughness when he talks. Wait, was it Sean Morris that was doing the interview on BTN afterwards? Yeah. Sean Morris asks him a question, and you could tell by the look on his face about 45 seconds into the answer, Morris is like, damn. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. he's being he, so thoughtful he, and in-depth in his answer. He He's going to be a coach if he wants to be. Yeah. I mean, he's really good. Yeah, unreal. Uh, women's basketball team is sitting at 12-6. and six. Five and three in the conference. Uh, they were getting absolutely blown out going into the fourth quarter. They were down by 21 early in the fourth. Made a valiant comeback. Got to within five. They ultimately lose 82-73 today. Uh, Alexis Markowski, though, oh, my gosh. 19 rebounds. Career high, 19 rebounds, 16 points. But uh, you made a comment about Jazz Shelley a couple of weeks ago and even last week. I, she just seems a little out of sorts. Uh, but Nebraska women's basketball, uh, still solid. 12 and six. They're five and three in the league. Uh, but... Right now, they they'll, be, they'll be in the tournament. Um, I think the women's side, we talked about this last week with Andy Markowski, yeah. uh, the father of Alexis Markowski, that the women's side is probably a little bit better than the men's this year as far as uh, you know the strength of it. There'll probably be seven, eight, nine teams from the women's side, maybe five, six, seven from the men's side. Yeah. Um, and I think Nebraska is going to be one of them. They're not the most athletic team that I've seen, but they are skilled. They do have Markowski. If Shelley breaks out of it a little bit, they should be in the tournament. They should yeah. be a tournament team. Yep. Uh, a couple of football notes. Uh, Nebraska adds a high school recruit to the 2024 class. Three-star edge rusher Jordan Ochoa. Uh, six foot four, 220 pounds, was committed to Wyoming, but ultimately flips and is now in the 2024 recruiting class for Nebraska. And then earlier this week, Matt Rule hired Glenn Thomas as co-offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Uh, Marcus Satterfield will be co-OC and coach tight ends. I'm going to be really, really interested to see who calls plays because if it's Satterfield, I predict not as good of a season next year for Nebraska. Yeah. I just, I'm not, I'm just being honest, man. Well, um, Dylan Riola had some nice things to say about Glenn Thomas. Yeah. Uh, that they've already connected. They've already talked a lot about the offense. Uh, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> he, he had, you know, Matt Ryan had one of his best. Matty Ice had one of his best years with Glenn Thomas as the offensive coordinator yeah, at Atlanta. Yeah. And the thing that I've read the most about Glenn Thomas is the fact that he's not a system guy. He doesn't have his system. He has the ability to adapt the playbook to the strengths of the team right. that he has. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you have a Dylan Riola slash um, Daniel Kalen as your starting quarterback. Everybody's already penciled in Dylan Raiola. That's fine. And I get I it. have. I'm just saying Daniel Kalen's still a pretty salty quarterback, man. He's good. And and at some point he's gonna need to play. I would agree. I hope it's four games. Uh I do too. his freshman yeah. year. Uh you'd like to have, you know, one play and one red shirt. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I would just, I think who's ready now physically it's Raiola. Yeah. I mean, the guy's six three, two thirty. Well, He's and, physically ready now. And the other thing, the 2025 recruiting class does not have a quarterback signee yet. Uh, Alex Mansky out yeah. of Iowa has kind of been the, yeah, he's going to be the guy. He's at A&M. Texas A&M now yeah. has come in with a nice big bag at NIL. Yep. And uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens. But we'll uh, see, uh, By the way, Raiola looked good. Uh, looked good Friday night. He did. The It was obvious the receiver ran the wrong route when he threw the pick. Um Otherwise, that, that he threw, you could tell he threw that where he meant to throw that, and the receiver ran the wrong route. Yeah. Of the six quarterbacks that were in that game, 
there was Dylan Riola, and then there was five of them that I'm not sure belonged in an all-star game. Well, some of them didn't. Yeah, and I get it, that, you know, with the criteria of, of Polynesian background, et cetera. Yeah. But at the same time, man, all five of those quarterbacks are major college quarterbacks going on scholarship. And yeah. I, Dylan was just that much better than all of them. They, I mean, they're all probably good guys and whatever, and hopefully they have tons of success. But holy smokes, was he ha- head and shoulders above everybody. He threw one touchdown to Matthews, who's going to Tennessee. Yep. Uh, the wide receiver, and he, Matthews, I believe, ended up being the MVP of that game. But you could easily have argued Carter Nelson was the MVP. Uh, actually had the most yards of any receiver in that game at 65. But the 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 play, though, that Carter Nelson made to save a pick six from becoming a pick six, yes. that's the play to me that goes, oh, that's why he'll play in the NFL. This is the second All-Star game that Carter Nelson has played in. And he's learning... He, he's not a true tight end yet because eight-man football is just so different. There's basically two levels. There's not three <laughs> levels. So you're kind of learning uh, as you go if you're Carter Nelson. I, I get that a little bit from the specific position, but I do want to say I've heard some some commentators make, like the, the color guy for this yeah. Polynesian Bowl, alluded to one point that Carter Nelson had no idea prior to this week, how to play 11-man football. Right. Like, he just was in Ainsworth, Nebraska, and evidently they don't get internet or television signals, and so he doesn't know anything about how to play 11-man football. Right. I just thought that was kind of stupid. He looks <laughs> he looks like he belongs on the field. 6'4", 220. And the th- he just moves and the thing like is, a football player. I think, I think he could play, if he's going to play tight end and play in the NFL, which I think he probably will, I, I think he's going to play at like 255. I, and, I think, and, and he's still going to run the, like the wind. He, I think he told Sipple and uh, Sean Callahan that he plans to play his first year right around 235, 240, yeah. uh, that he'll feel comfortable there. I don't know that they're, Nebraska, his first year, is going to play him as a true tight end. That, that, I think they're going to move him out as oh, a, more of a wide receiver. I'd have him everywhere. And, but and, already he's got a connection with Dylan Riola. Yeah. I mean, those guys. Look like they feel comfortable. I mean, the second play or third play of the game, whatever oh, yeah. it was, was a 33 yard pass. That touch pass. Like, that's not because it, it, it look, one, it was so effortless because he does, he literally just flicks his wrist and the ball goes 35 right. yards. But that, that was such a tough pass to throw because he literally had a, had a donut of about three to four yards to put that in mm-hmm. to where it was catchable. Yeah. And that was it just because of the linebacker yeah. that was trailing. So if it's short, it's a pick. And if he overthrows him by more than like three or four yards, the safety was far enough cl- up on the play that he would have picked it. Yeah. And yeah, it's and they, they there, there was another play where they ran an option route on the goal line. It was like 11 yard play. Uh, the, oh, uh, kind of a Scott Frost era type play. A little, the, the, little, the, the RPO, yeah. but he did little RPO. the screen. Yeah. I, I love that one. Yeah. I, I hope they include that in the Nebraska offense as yeah. well. So it was fun to watch. And uh, Preston Tumala, Tumala, yeah. Tumala, I, I don't know how to pronounce it correctly, but he's big. Uh, played guard for the other side in that in that game and was was really moving people out. You could yeah, tell he's he, going to be good. He got beat for a sack by uh, a guy that's like the number two defensive tackle in the country out of high school. Uh, but then the same guy, he also pancaked him a couple of times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's going to be an interesting first year for Riola, second year for Matt Rule. Uh, all kinds of storylines are going to develop after spring ball based on what happens there. And let's not forget, we just added another scholarship recruit, uh, high school kids. So, I mean, what are they at now? 98, 
I 104. I don't know. I, I mean, gonna, I wouldn't want to be the guy that has to figure out the numbers for this. Team. Yeah. I, and I mean, we've got a great NIL collective that's uh, able to take some of these guys that, that, you know, the yeah. NIL is going to take care of yeah, their scholarship money, et cetera. And they still get a little extra cash in their pocket, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's going to be an interesting numbers crunch for uh, for Matt Rule and the staff. Well, we're going to talk a lot of Husker basketball in the next 20 minutes because yeah. we have uh, the man, the Hall of Famer, Eric Strickland, who was there yesterday, uh, got a wave at Strickland. I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but uh, I wonder if he and me hooked up, got to talk at all. Uh, I'm sure they did at one point or another because uh, it was the Hall of Fame weekend. Uh, they honored the 94 Big Eight champs, Nebraska Cornhuskers, and and knee was in town first time since 2009. So we'll talk a lot of Husker hoops as they get the victory. So it was a perfect day. Pike hits the half court shot. It was just a it was just a fun day to watch a little Husker basketball. And we'll talk about it uh, coming up next. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby, more on the way. Husker rewind. Welcome back to Husker Rewind here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. My name is Mike Melby. That is Tom Stevens. Hey, how are you? Joining us on the Aloe VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart is the one, the only, the Hall of Famer, the co-host of On the Block, Mr. Eric Strickland. Strick, how are you? What's going on, gentlemen? How are you? Good, 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 man. How was your good. Saturday? How was that for you? Actually, the whole oh. weekend, Friday and Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a lot. It was good uh, to, um, you know, get a chance to get over and see uh, a lot of the guys that I hadn't seen in a while uh, from Tony Farmer and then some of the old guys. Obviously, Maxie is always around. And, and uh, you know, to, to definitely see Pike and Tom Best and those guys and doing well. Pike is doing well, obviously. You know, you know he had went through a little mini ordeal. And uh, a lot of guys that came from out of town, as far as D.C. and California and so forth and so on, it was good to see them at the uh, practice and at the dinner. But ultimately, um, to just uh, reconnect and celebrate Coach Nee and watch him as he came back for the first time in a while. And uh, it was good to see him and little Kevin Nee, a lot of stories with Kevin because Kevin was – he was a little tyke when he was around. And so to see him all grown up and living his best life. So, you know, upwards of almost 30 years that this is, uh, it, it's crazy how fast it goes, but it was beautiful. Everybody's retelling their favorite Danny knee stories, uh, Eric. And you were a part of a lot of those. Uh, we, <laughs> I've heard the story about the, the party at Tom Best's house. And who was it mm. that, that opened, I think it was Chubbuck that opened up the door and there's Danny knee. Uh, with a, a six pack of beer, and yeah, he kind of froze at first, but then he and he came in. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I, mean, that, I mean that that never probably didn't happen much in those days, and certainly would never happen in college basketball today, right? Well, there's there's no <laughs> doubt about it. I mean, one of the things that that we absolutely unequivocally knew is that no matter what night it was and no matter if it was uh, a big game or big win, we never went into Barry's. That was one that was just an off limits deal. That was, that was Danny knees domain. So we never went into Barry's. And uh, so it was, it was kind of ironic that, you know, 
after uh, the dinner that we all find ourselves a big group of us and Carl Hayes and, you know, a lot of those guys from the 90 team and, and, and Bo Reed and all of us were sitting in Barry's having some brews and talking and laughing and giggling with coach knee up in there. So it was kind of funny. Now the, uh, Tom said, Hey, I, I pulled up and watched the, the big eight championship game against Oklahoma state in 94 and rewatched it. Oh my God. And he starts telling me about it. And so I'm like, okay, I have got to rewatch this now. And I'm going through and Tom and I had talked about it. It's been a long, long time since there has been that much talent on the floor at Nebraska. Um, and, and it seemed like a team where everyone just simply had their role, but there's one play in particular that I think epitomizes you and your play and why you spent so long in the NBA. And it was when, um, was it Thompson that yeah. came flying down the court after a miss? And it was actually a miss of your three. And, um, you just stood your ground. He dishes out to the, the right wing and he tried to plant you in the floor. And I did by looking at it, it almost looked like you smacked your head. Uh, when I went back yeah. and watched it a couple of times, I was like, yeah, he popped up. He seemed yeah. okay. But that play right there, that is like literally that's the poster of you. No one else. Well, not no one, but very few other people are going to make that play yeah. for Nebraska or for whatever team. Um, walk me through kind of that whole sequence. If you can remember it from that game and, and uh, what was it like those last five minutes? Because you guys literally just took over and owned Oklahoma State. Um, we just had a, we had a want it, you know, mentality. It, it was a lot of us when we entered into going um, into the the tournament. We knew we had a big win uh, against Kansas. We knew we were able to secure that. We knew we had the the big run. We knew we should have added another one against Missouri uh, in, in, in Columbia. And that was, we felt that that was stolen from us. So we felt that we needed to get one or two games in this, in this uh, at least one, but definitely wanted to secure two. And it, it, it really aligned for us. We, we, we loved the matchup that we got with Oklahoma going in there. And then we loved the rematch that we were going to get a chance to get another shot at, at Missouri and Oklahoma State just happened to be there. So for me, it was it was all do or die. That's I think if they would have took charges as a as a statistic in the NBA I, at, at certain times, I probably would have been the leader um, throughout <laughs> throughout the seasons. It was just something that I do. I had a knack for just figuring out what guys were doing, kind of their their tempo, their speeds and um, just have a had a knack of reading where they were trying to go and just being there on time. Well, I look at that roster, and Mike mentioned how talented it was. You, you, you obviously, on that team. Uh, Pike was there. Chubbs was there. Uh, you had Jerron Boone, who we, we often talk as maybe one of the more talented players in the Big 8 and probably didn't succeed at the next level like he could have. But uh, Jamar Johnson was was an amazing player. I mean, that those Mikey Moore didn't even play as a freshman on that team. The, the, yeah. Those teams were absolutely loaded. And I talked to Danny briefly um, when I got a picture with him at Kent Pavelka, it, we talked about the number of, of great players that he recruited, including that team. Do you think Nebraska can get back to that? I mean, because th it's been a long, long time since we've seen that kind of talent. Maybe this year's team is as close as we've seen, and it wasn't close to that team. Yeah, I, I, I think he's, he's, um, 
for to me, as I look at what Fred did, one, it started with the coaching staff. It was getting the staff in here that uh, to 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 fit the character that they wanted to 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 be, and then to recruit the type of players that they wanted to have. Then you got Ernie Ziegler and those guys doing that, and 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 the style that they wanted to play. Those were implemented by Adam and 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 the other. Uh, parts of the staff and and he's done a good job of that having to take where his heart was and send some of those guys that obviously had been with him that he knew he he had a long relationship with and to be able to believe in other guys that come in and and get the job done for him that 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 was the first part then the second part is recruiting towards the style and i think in the portal he was able to secure those starting with um Obviously, with you know Walker and Greasel and Bandemil, and and with that, help to change the culture. And then now you're able to put on film the style and the culture that you wanted to to, to breed. And those guys were able to take it when you get Casey Tamanaga and those guys to come from JUCO rank, and you get Blaze. But now you're looking at Blaze maybe doesn't even fit the style now that they're playing, but Rick Mass does. And you'll probably see more of the recruitment for the style that he wants to play. Rink, Rink in the last game against um, Northwestern led the team in assists again. So it, it, it was a culmination of what Derek Walker is, but just a building block on it because Derek just didn't have the stretch uh, capabilities that Rick Mass does. So yeah, you, you can just see that they're starting to uh, figure it out. One big similarity between that 94 team and this year's team is free throw shooting. They mentioned in that broadcast of that game that Nebraska in that season, in the last five minutes of games, shot like 81.2% from the line. What did you guys do in practice? And by the way, Nebraska over their last 13 games this season is shooting as a team 80%. But what did you guys do to, to get to the point where you were so good from the line, especially late in games? Well, there there are certain things like that we did. I mean, it, it wasn't necessarily that team. I just think that that team was just very focused and honed in on what we needed to do, and we understood what how we needed to win games. But just an example of things that we would do, um, I, I, Tom Wald and us were sitting with me and Terrence Badge, and he was telling a story about one of the times we had a really bad free throw shooting uh, day, and Coach was like, hey, you guys can't leave this gym and they left. I mean, they had the managers watching and so forth and so on. Cause it was a continuation of not being able to do it. Well, you can't leave this gym until you make 10 in a row as a team, not as an individual. Cause we had individuals that could do 10 in a row, but we just as a team. And uh, so it got to a point, Tom wall was like, man, bump this man in order for us to get out of here, we're going to play strip shooting, shoot uh, free throw shooting. And if you don't make your free throws, you got to take it off. And so it's, it's those those type of pressure situations that kind of helped us to be better at doing what we're doing. Nobody wanted to be standing in there butt naked. And, and it's your fault. It's not anybody else's fault. It's your fault. Because I've you seen Mikey, shoot, Mikey Moore shoot free throws. I, I'm guessing he might have been uh, down to the underwear. Yeah, he was down to the skivvies. Mikey Moore was down to the skivvies. Yeah, he was one well, of them. And then, you know how they say you practice, you play like you practice. I could see it in a game, like three minutes to go, and somebody, you know, off yeah. the back of the iron, and then they just jersey comes <laughs> off, and like, oh yeah, that's right, it's not practice. No. Yeah, uh, no, those are those are some fun things, man. It's just always fun to have those guys around, and it was good to definitely see them again this weekend. It it was cool seeing uh, Pike. Did they ask you to take the half court shot? How, how did no. Pike get with the half court shot? No, that that you know, Pike Pike, you know, again, like I said, he's been through a little ordeal. He's he's 
you know, recovered very well from yeah. from that, which is a blessing. And uh, they chose Pike, and and just like the Polish rifle, he steps up and does what he does, knocks it down when he counts. It was the last shot. He had three attempts at it. You gave him three yeah. shots, and boom, on the third one, he hits it. I, I was thinking back, you know, obviously Tamanaga is one of the best shooters in Nebraska basketball history, and he makes the big three yesterday. Uh, Three-point shooting contest. Tamanaga, who would you pair him with all time? Huskers. Would it wow, be that's, Pike? that's would tough. It, um, it, it would be probably between Pike and Cresswell. Cresswell was a phenomenal shooter. Yeah. Um, um, Gallegos was a good one. Oh, Ray, yeah. was, Ray Gallegos. Yeah. Ray Gallegos was a good one as well, from board I could see. Um, Corcoran. Yeah, Kerry Cohorn was the guy. Oh, Cohorn, Cohorn. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was. And the one. only reason is because Kerry Cohorn was roughly, not, not roughly. He was literally the exact same size as I was, and I never. I played basketball quite a bit when I was younger and a little bit in high school. I didn't really have a jump shot. I was a set shot shooter. I just I never really developed much of a jump shot. And Kerry Cohorn. But he, he like all half of his shots were set shots. Yeah. And what I did, and I was looking at the, the records earlier, Tom and I were talking about this yesterday, Eric, and I found it fascinating. Like 81% of his shot attempts at Nebraska, Kerry Cohorn were three point attempts. Yeah. It's just absolutely yeah. crazy. And he shot better from three, 42 and a half percent career than he did from two, or he shot like 38%. All time. You were telling me the all time uh, leading three point shooter. In Nebraska yeah. basketball, yeah, Who's, most makes. Who, who was is it, it Corhorn? Is it yeah, Kerry Corhorn? Yeah, yeah uh, that's what. Yeah, Strick, you're right there, like third or fourth in in career steals. Um, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, your your name's not sprinkled. It's it's heavily dosed in the uh, the all time record. Strick too. had the best three point shooting night I have ever seen against Missouri. Uh, yeah, seven of them. Was it yeah. seven? I think it was somewhere around there, but um, yeah, Dick Vitale mentioned that in a game that we played against Kansas, how, <laughs> how I had a, a great night as a freshman against a good Missouri team. So yeah, it was uh, it was it was one of those nights where the basket just was uh, so big and it was it was needed, and uh, it was a blessing to be able to partake in that. I think I think Teron Lou ends up uh, beating it at one point uh, his freshman year. Yeah, he he was okay. <laughs> so looking ahead with this team, um, obviously great to to get uh, all the guys back on campus and Danny and the plaque and just the way the weekend went. Um, looking forward, though, for this Nebraska basketball team. They've got Ohio State uh, and Maryland this week, home and away. The question is, Nebraska, when you look at the Big Ten standings right now, they're in fifth. Like, they're right there. Um, and the teams that they're going to play here over the next stretch are those teams that they're – Fifth to twelfth, they're all four and four or four and three. Um, yeah, three and four. What about this week for Nebraska? I mean, obviously, you you've put the pressure on yourself because you really kind of I, I would say you gave away two. You should have had the Rus Rutgers game, and you definitely probably shouldn't have given up the Minnesota game. Those are games that were bankable games and probably put you in a little better situation uh, coming into this point to where it wouldn't be as much pressure. I think this is a, a, a need for two. If you want to, if you want to build your resume right now, uh, that could have been a great quad two win for you out, uh, in Rutgers. Uh, if you want to build it, you got to take care of home continuously doing that. They've done that. You've got to continue that. And then you've got to go on the road and probably get that one, uh, yeah. get you a, get you a quad two, two win and, and, uh, Get your resume. Start building your resume. That's It just depends on what you want to do. I thought last game against Northwestern was a crossroads moment. 
was a it was a needed game. It was a bounce back game. They 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 finished it off. But now, where do you want to go? What type of team do you want to be? Do you want to be an NCAA team? These are the conversations I'd be having if I was in the coaching staff. Or do you want to be an NIT team? At this point, it's up to you, and it's it's going to depend on how you play. Now, they did make some boneheaded plays and some IQ stuff that blows my mind, but nonetheless, they were able to get it done. Big shots by Tamanaga and those guys were able to finish it off. The turnovers are – Ah, you just and they were they were boneheaded turnovers. They they weren't like Northwestern was just you know hawk, hawking them or anything like that. Uh, They've got to clean that up. And, yeah, 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 18, yeah, eighteen turnovers, uh, and they did it all of that without Jawan Gary, who's really there. You you point to a couple of things that Nebraska needs: its toughness, its rebounding, uh, it, it's a point guard. They don't really have a true point guard. But yeah. I think they dodged a bullet not losing Jawan Gary for the year. Strict. Yeah, I mean, that was no, was no doubt. Uh, yeah, because, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I could yeah, just to say, Eric, I think we could probably talk to you for another forty-five minutes or so. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll let you go. We appreciate the time that you gave us on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, yeah. a, a fantastic week of shows on the way. I know on the block uh, with with uh, you and Austin. Uh, always a fantastic show, and I catch it every opportunity I get. Man, thanks, Melby. Thanks, Stevens. I appreciate you guys. All right, man. Take appreciate care. It. There he All is, right, the right. Hall of Famer, Eric Strickland, on uh, the Allo. VIP line there, um, right from home. Yeah, uh, or the Sarder Heyman stream, or right, well, I'm not what, sure what we technically should have called. All I know is that it's always an honor to be able to talk to him and pick his mind a little bit about basketball. Yep, that was fun. Uh, Eric Strickland, the Hall of Famer, Danny Knee weekend, and I know uh, he had probably other stories that he couldn't share on the air. You and I have day. stories that we can't share on the air about uh, Danny Knee. Uh, so <laughs> he's the best. It was so good seeing him. Uh, let's get to break. Come back with more. Mike Melby, Tom Stevens. It is Husker Rewind. To the ticket weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby, Husker Rewind every Sunday, 5 to 7. That was a fun conversation uh, with the point guard, with, well, actually, more of an off guard. Eric Strickland, one of the greatest in Nebraska basketball history, played nine years in the NBA. And it was fun going back and watching that 94 uh, footage, Nebraska versus Oklahoma state in big country. And Nebraska wins that uh, their first and only uh, tournament championship in Nebraska basketball history. Uh, my wife, Heidi went to that and said that they all gathered. Like there was just loads and loads of people that happened to stop at a McDonald's in Nebraska city on the way back. And there's still <laughs> video from that or pictures from that. Uh, and what a celebration it was, Nebraska. Um, probably the best team that we've seen, not not since 94, but one of the best teams that we've seen, let, let's not forget, since the knee era, they've only made one NCAA tournament game. And that was simply because they got hot. They got red hot uh, in 2014. And, of course, no sit Sunday happened. They beat Wisconsin. They get into the tournament. Yeah. This is probably a better team than that team. Oh, it, it, James Palmer is <sighs> James Palmer was probably the single least efficient Nebraska star player. I think I've ever seen. I mean, he'd, he'd have 23 points on like six of 24 shooting, <laughs> but that was, this and, was uh, uh, Petaway shields. That was the Petaway shield. I thought team. Palmer was on that team too. I thought Palmer came after that team. Did he? I thought this was Petaway I know it was and Petaway. Shields. I don't think Palmer Copeland came later, right? 
Maybe I'm thinking that, of the wrong team. I think that was the team that that won 20 games and didn't make the tournament. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, Sorry. That was the, the the team that. Oh, that was. The, oh, that that's right. That was Walt Pitchford. That yeah. was the year he was good, and then the next year he was not good, and there's a reason that, why that, he was not good. Because he wasn't on the team. Remember, he he had that great year. Uh, Nebraska makes the tournament. It was a big pick and roll year yeah. for Pitchford. Yeah, I for, almost forgot about Pitchford because you think of Shields and Petaway, but Pitchford was also on that team. And then 2015, he didn't come back. He didn't come back on that team. I think no, he, 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 he quit he, basketball. No, he did. He played his second year, and he was awful. And then uh, he quit basketball. Okay, then but there was a reason why he was yeah, awful that yeah. we're not going to discuss. <laughs> I um, loved Walter Pitchford. Though. I did too. I he was one too. of my favorite guys. Um, he was a good dude. Yeah, but you know, going back to just this year's team, and you just said it as we were coming back from break, and that is the fact that like almost everybody is back. Yeah. Um. So so running through the roster quickly, John Boogie Coleman gone. Not going to be a loss. He's not playing. Uh, when he does play, he turns the ball over way too much and makes bad decisions. Um, Other than that, he's played really well. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just being honest. It's it it's it, uh, when he's not played, we've been a much better team. Everybody else can come back. I mean, Tamanaga's gone. Yeah, Tamanaga's gone, and Josiah Alec is gone. Um, they're the only two, or the only two as as well as Coleman, the only three that cannot come back. And they don't have a player like Tominaga that can hit the shot necessarily like the one we saw to win the game yesterday. Uh, CJ Wilcher can, but I, but now he's, and he he's can go back. He's he can, he's already graduated. Uh, whether he comes back or wants to go play pro, it depends. I might guess is that depends on an NIL deal, right? Uh, Sam Hoiberg, obviously back. I don't know that Ramel Lloyd will be back. Um, I don't think so. I, yeah, I, it, Blaze Kata, he hasn't played in two now, years. They did say, I know Fred Hoiberg said in the postgame presser last night that Kata is going to start playing some emergency, if needed, play. Right. They said he can't really run up and down the floor yet. They're going to start working him into that. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're going to need some minutes from him as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I think one of the things that's hurt them, and you mentioned this uh, in a private conversation uh, to me, if Ulysses is available uh, this year, uh, that would have been so huge for this team. Yeah, because Aaron Ulysses just seemed like a guy that, like, you would never would have noticed him because he simply would have had six points, five assists, and maybe one turnover, and then four rebounds. Kind and, of like and, a, and maybe a steal. And you're like, eh, average. Yeah. But he didn't turn the ball over a ton. He didn't right. take... 12 shots and go one for, tw- I mean, and I, he just was like a game manager and, well, and, and Nebraska had 18 turnovers one. yesterday. And I don't blame Jamarcus Lawrence. Cause he's trying to learn a new position, a uh, point guard, and he's just not a natural point guard. Maybe eventually he'll grow into that. And I think it would be nice if he were the point guard that you could use in an emergency or use, uh, you know, for example, when Ulysses goes to the bench or somebody like that, that's a true point guard. Um, but it's not only hurt Nebraska in that he's not a great point guard because it's not his natural position, but he was really good as an off guard in the yeah. second half of last year. And it's really hurt Nebraska there. Uh, he did hit two threes yesterday that yep. were critical to the game. And he yep. had 10 points and he played pretty well. Uh, but overall, Nebraska, their point guard is probably Rick Mask. Well, honestly, I would like to see the point guard just simply be um, either Sam Hoiberg, who, you know, that's his spot or Bryce Williams. I, I would yeah. love to see Bryce just run the point six, from seven here on point out. guard. Yeah, that's a just, big point guard. 
let him run the point because it, it's there's really not a point guard a lot of the times in this offense. You know, it's a five out yeah. motion offense and and you can get away. But having that guy you can count on to make the pass. There's been too many times this year, and it's not just Jamarcus Lawrence that I've seen this from. There's been too many times this year, and it almost always happens in the games that we're not playing well. But you'll have Tomanaga, Wilcher, or Williams, or Gary wide open in the corner, and you'll have whoever's driving the ball drive into three people and try to put a shot at them. Um, and it's like, crazy. You've, yeah. <laughs> oh. all of them are shooting like 40% from three, and you're going to go take three guys on. What in the world are you doing? 18 turnovers. I mean, it's just, uh, and they weren't doing that earlier in the year. They didn't no, they have had a one big, game. They only had, what, two turnovers? Uh, there were times against Northwestern that was just like running into guys and turning the ball over. Now, Northwestern's a good basketball team, and they beat Purdue as well. They beat them badly. Oh, that, Northwestern's that's a, solid. That, Northwestern looks like an NCAA tournament team to me. But Nebraska's 14-5, and 4-4 four and four in the league, right in the middle of the pack. You said fifth. You got 12 games left. You go 6-6. Six and six, I think you're in the tournament. I think 20 wins and 11 losses get you into the tournament. That's 10 I and think, I think 10 and 10. In the league. Yeah. If they go 10 and 10 in the league, I think they need a one win of the one in win, the Big Ten not, tournament. not to get into the tournament, but one win to stay out of the play in game. I think they become an 11 seed that is sitting in that play in game. Probably it, it matters who you beat as well. You beat Illinois. That's that's a quad one win. For yeah. And, and Indiana is going to be a quad one win. Obviously, Purdue's a quad one win. I don't uh, know that Indiana will. Uh, they're 12 and seven. Uh, they just got blown out this weekend. Uh, yeah, they, that might fall to a 12, eh, quad two win. But, um, I the, mean, Wisconsin at home, that's that's a golden opportunity yeah. to pick up a huge quad one win. Right. Maryland uh, on the road. Maryland, they're not bad. They're not bad. Well, everybody on, on the road for Nebraska is tough. Yeah. Because uh, Nebraska, the, quite frankly, just isn't a good road team. Uh, they do have two opportunities against a really bad Michigan team. So, that, that, that's there's the theoretically... Michigan, I don't know if Jawan Howard's going to be back next year. He's had his health problems anyway. Yeah, uh, they're seven and eleven. Michigan's just a bad basketball team. They're the worst team in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, I never would have thought I would be saying that. I, we all thought it was going to be Minnesota. Minnesota's a pretty good basketball team. Yeah, um, yeah, and so, it was surprising losing. Uh, uh, I always wanted to call him Blake Griffin. Um, he plays for Ohio State yeah. now. Uh, why? It, it, uh, I can't remember Kansas, his name. Uh, he plays for Kansas now. Oh, that's um, yeah. Um, you know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I do. Um, anyway, but so so Nebraska's got Tuesday. They've got Ohio State. Then they've got Maryland on the road next Saturday. Then Wisconsin at home Thursday, February first. To me, that that's Hunter Dickinson. Oh, that's the Michigan player. I was talking about the Minnesota player. Oh, okay. Oh uh, yeah. Oh the, yeah. Yeah yeah. That went to uh, yeah, Ohio no, State. No, I can't think of his name. I know. <laughs> it's okay. we're old. Give us a break. <laughs> uh, but but Thursday, February. First, 7.30 tip, so it's a little bit later tip against number 21, Wisconsin. To me, that's the catalyst. Like, that's the game that you're going to go, you know what? They win that one, and they are probably locked in uh, to the NCAA tournament. Uh, but then they follow that up with a road trip to Champaign against um, Illinois, and Illinois just got uh, Shannon back today. He, he won his court case, and he is... Uh, playing again, and I'll pull up here really quick. Jamison Battle. Battle Jamison the, Battle. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, had to remember that, even though it means nothing. But the, he'll be in Lincoln come Tuesday. So 
I guess that is significant. And Ohio State uh, has played better basketball. They just beat uh, Penn State over the weekend. Uh, not that that's a great victory, but Penn State had beaten Wisconsin. Wisconsin got their first loss to Penn State yep. uh, earlier this week. So, uh, again, any game on the road is tough for Nebraska. Uh, but, you know, you'd like to think that at home, at the Devante Center, that's a must win. I mean, we're talking about must wins because of the losses to teams like Rutgers and Minnesota. This could be a team that's easily, you know, 16 and two uh, right now. Yeah. yeah or 16, really? six, 16 and three for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. With those two wins uh, and six and two in the league. Uh, so you, a lot of these games are must wins because even to win, you know, six of their last 12 is going to be a lot to ask, but this is a good basketball team. It's not a great basketball team because they lack toughness, um, but they did dodge a bullet getting Juwan Gary. It looks like back maybe as soon as Tuesday, who knows, uh, but they won without him, gave him an extra day, a couple of days of rest. And uh, so they've, they've still got him, but they, they got to figure it out defensively and just raw toughness. And at least Alec provides you that uh, Gary's the other guy that kind of provides you with that. Sometimes Rick Mass gives you that, but there's not a lot of tough guys on this team. Just sheer, you know, Eric Strickland type toughness. There's just not a lot of that. I don't. I, I'm going to throw Sam Hoiberg out there as a guy that's pretty yeah. damn tough. And he's tough. But I, he's six, I, I, I he's don't. I don't necessarily agree with you on any of that. I, I think we've got a pretty damn tough team. We just have not played like that the last five games. I'll give you that. And, and toughness but, but to me earlier, is not just tough physically; it's mentally tough. Well, when you the last five true, minutes of true. a game. You're up 12 at the second half. That's a game you should win. Yeah, no, I that that part I get. And and they were out toughed against Rutgers. They flat yeah. out were. Yeah. Uh, but you and I talked earlier in the season how they look like a Steve Peichel coached Rutgers team because they're tough. They they yeah. out toughed uh, Kansas State. They out toughed Oregon State. They out toughed a lot of people. And like they took them to the woodshed. And it was they were just far more physical. I mean, let's face it, they they were tougher than Purdue. They're not consistently Frank tough. tougher than Zach. Yeah, than they're not Zach consistently Eadie. tough. So uh, I, 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 and I, it's just, and this is coming from Hoiberg. This is from coming oh, yeah, from no. Fred Hoiberg, who said, you know, you've got to be this right after the Minnesota game. He said, you got to be sick at some point of getting punked. Yeah. And he, and he talked about toughness. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is coming from, not from me, from the head coach himself. Oh, I know. And Josiah Alec has talked about it. Yeah. We need to be tougher. Yeah. Uh, you win with defense. And that's the reason we won that game against Northwestern. We made stops at the end. Um, offense comes and goes. But if you're tough uh, and you get well, stops, then you and you rebound, and they did win the rebounding thing. So. Yeah. Well, they've got they've got 12 games left, six at home, six on the road. The toughest home game that they face is going to be against number 21, Wisconsin, February 1st. For the sake of argument, they go five and one. That means they got to go one and five on the road. They got to figure something out on the road. If they go one and five on the road, I'm worried come NCAA tournament time. Uh, I I think they need to win uh, a couple, two or three of the road contests. And yeah, if they do, that means they're at 21, 22, 23 wins. I think they could get there. My season prediction early on was 18 and 13, worst case. And I thought they had the potential to be playing for a two-day bye in the Big Ten tournament. That mm -hmm. was their ceiling, which means they would be fourth. They're currently fifth, half a game behind Northwestern, who they just beat. So well, I want to go through uh, the significant games of the Big Ten. Uh, do that on then, the other side? On and, the other side and rank the teams and then talk about the Polynesian Bowl because yeah. I thought it was fun to yeah, watch. Absolutely. Uh, Nebraska had three players in that game. I thought they all performed well. We'll talk about it. Uh, it is Husker Rewind. He's Mike Melby. I'm Tom Stevens. More after this. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 
Welcome back to Husker. We rewind right here at 93.7 The Ticket, FM.com. That is the legend Tom Stevens in my own. I'm Mike Melby, and we're two old guys that hang out on Sunday afternoons and talk some sports. I like um, it. A lot of stuff going on. Nebraska basketball, we just we did kind of an extended segment talking about this year's team uh, following the conversation with Eric Strickland. Uh, this hour, we have got to talk about legends, man. Uh, we've got Tom Chattel coming up at 625 from the Omaha World Herald. Uh, get his thoughts. He and it, The article that you alluded to last hour about Tom wrote, you know, three of them, and one of them was the two guys that yeah. led with the two guys that tried to beat him to berries. Um, he made the comment that, Tried to beat Danny Need. Danny Need of Berries. Yeah, yeah. But Tom wrote, you know, back in 2000, he was very unceremoniously, you know, everybody wanted him out of town, and I was one of them. Yeah. And and I think we I thought think, that I he think had I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's kind of similar to Solage. I thought at the time it was the right decision to decision to fire Frank Solage. He kind of run its course. He wasn't he wasn't winning at the level that maybe he should have. And and I was wrong. Um, I think I was wrong, wrong about Solage, but I think Danny himself had said I stayed too long. Yeah. I don't think Frank ever said that. I think yeah, Frank, Frank wanted to be yeah, at Nebraska. Frank wanted to be at Nebraska until he retired. Yeah. But uh but Danny, you could just feel like uh the relationship between him and Bill Byrne had run its course. Yep. Um he thought he had had the Rutgers job a couple of years previously and then he didn't get it, so he he stayed at Nebraska. So that was a little awkward because everybody knew that he thought he had the the Rutgers gig. So it ju- it just had run its course. I mean, he wasn't recruiting at the same level uh, that he had earlier in his career. It and just had gotten a little stale. The disappointing thing is, I always thought he was a hell of a coach, and I thought he would have done better um, at Duquesne. Um, and and where did he wind up? Where did he finish at? I can't uh, remember. I've got it. Um, he coached. Um, well, he started his uh, career as an assistant at Notre Dame. Yeah. And, and uh, then he got the head coaching gig at Ohio. Ohio. And then he moved to Nebraska. Then he moved to Nebraska. Then didn't he go to Duquesne after he got fired? That's, uh, was that's that? correct. I think that was Duquesne a little bit later on. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't rate, have that. It, he, it, it was kind of unceremonious. Him not getting that Rutgers job to me hurt both him and Nebraska. Because he was at a spot where he was going out looking for a job to get away from Nebraska because maybe he felt he'd stayed too long at that point and it was time to move on. And if Rutgers hires him, I think they're successful and I think he's successful there because of his ties in that area. I mean, actually went to Robert Morris first. That's his, oh, then yeah, Duquesne. Right. Yes. Uh, then he became a Rutgers assistant yeah. coach. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Robert that, Morris is the school yeah, I forgot yeah, about. Robert Morris. So, um, but if he gets that Rutgers job and then Nebraska is two years away from the debacle that became Barry Collier, even though he's one of the nicest human beings on the planet, yeah. uh, the the big 12 was a little bit out of his league as far as coaching goes. He was perfect for, for Butler. Yeah, and he just yeah. wasn't great for Nebraska. But who would Nebraska have gotten two years prior if knee leaves for Rutgers? You know, I that's where if you get the fresh blood and you don't have two years of kind of something, it might've been Jeff Smith. Well, and, I, that, I don't know but, if he would have been ready for that gig, but some people thought that Jeff Smith was ready for that gig. I wouldn't have argued. No. I like I thought he was a hell of a coach. Yep. He was a good coach. So, but yeah, that I th- that one decision by the AD at Rutgers to not ultimately hire Danny. And you know what? The scuttlebutt that I heard was part of it was because Danny was kind of, you know, a little 
open about the fact that he probably was going to get the job. Yep, yep, yep. He definitely was open about it. Let's get to the Big Ten Blitz. 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 Big games over the weekend. You had Ohio State beating Penn State 79-67 yesterday. Evan McCaffrey and Rodney uh, Gale. Junior each had 16 points in that game. Ohio State goes to 13 and five, three and four in the league. Penn State falls to nine and ten and three and five in the league. Ohio State had lost two, three in a row previous to the Penn State win, and Penn State had beaten number 11 Wisconsin. Ohio State, of course, uh, travels to Nebraska on Tuesday. Penn State will host Minnesota on Saturday. Uh, from earlier today, Illinois, number 14 in the country, 86-63 win at home over Rutgers, and it was the return of the uh, charged with rape, Terrence Shannon Jr., their oh. best player, averaging 21 points a game. Today, he scores 16 in his return, uh, led five, or Justin Harmon had 18, Shannon had 16, five total Illinois players in double figures. Um, interesting the way this whole thing has played out so far where with him, uh, having to sue and uh, to have a restraining order put yeah. against the university for saying they can't uh, suspend him, and now he is back, makes a huge difference in that team. I, I know one of their losses was to Purdue, uh, but Illinois is definitely a much better team with him on the floor. Uh, Illinois, 14-4, 5-2 in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, they were 4-2 in the six games without Shannon, uh, but moving forward, uh, you know, he's happy and everybody's happy. Brad Underwood is, I'm sure, as well, mm -hmm. uh, Illinois moves on and they will take on Northwestern in Evanston on the 24th. And then the 27th, they will host the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, Purdue, of course, the number two team now in the country uh, with no problems with Iowa uh, yesterday. They beat them 84 to 70. Another big day for Zach Eady. He has 30 points, 18 rebounds. His 11th double-double of the year. He was 10 of 15 from the field. Purdue has won ten of the last eleven of their last eleven games. They're only lost in that stretch. Nebraska, of course. Lance Jones also had a good day, seventeen points. Fletcher Lawyer with twelve points. Purdue out rebounded Iowa fifty to twenty four, and nineteen offensive boards. Um, they were actually trailing early in that game, eighteen to fourteen. They went on a nineteen two run and just took over. They have they host Michigan on Tuesday in Iowa will host Maryland on Wednesday. Earlier today, Michigan State knocking off Maryland. That's an interesting one. Michigan State, you know, they're they're stumbling and they're fumbling and they're bumbling, and then they win four or five in a row. Yeah. Uh, they go into Maryland and get the win on the road, 61-59. Uh, Tyson Walker scores 15. A.J. Hoggard hit big shots down the stretch, and Michigan State rallies. Walker hit two three-pointers and added five assists and five steals. For Sparty, Sparty tied with Nebraska, four yeah. and four in the league. Don't look now, but uh, Izzo's crew is starting to wake up. Yep. Uh, we're going to see what's going to happen. They uh, had the win on Thursday as well. They beat Minnesota 76 to 66. That yeah. was so. This is Izzo's today 699th win. Does, uh, he's pretty good. Yeah. Does he might get be in the 700 against the number 11 team in the country. Tyson Walker in that game against Minnesota had uh, 12 of his 21 in the final four minutes to close that thing out. Of Man. course, they they win again today. So they are getting hot. And you know that Michigan State, even though they're only 12 and 7, they'll find a way to make the NCAA tournament.
They yeah, just will. Yeah. Well, and and they'll earn it too. Yeah. So oh, oh, they absolutely will play their best basketball. And that's what I've really wanted for Nebraska basketball. Just play your best basketball at the end of the year. Yeah. Like every year, like Michigan State does. Yeah. Uh, and it hasn't happened yet under the Hoiberg in the Hoiberg era. This is this is a team that has a chance. So ranking the teams, for me, it's Purdue still number one. They're six and two in the league, 17 and two overall. Wisconsin finally drops a league game. They're six and one in the league. They lose to Penn State uh the other night, but they're still 14 and two. Then you have Illinois, as you mentioned, Terrence, Terrence Shannon is back. Uh, they're already the 14th team in the country. With Shannon back, they're they're even better. Uh five and two with the win today. They're 14 and four. Then I've got Northwestern at fourth. Um, I know ahead of Nebraska, just because they're four and three in the league, they also have a win over Purdue. Um, Nebraska has to face them on the road next time they play them. I have Nebraska at fifth, uh, 14 and five in the league, four and four. And then I have Indiana, Ohio State, Michigan, Minnesota, Maryland, all kind of tied at number six. And then Iowa, Penn State, the next tier down with Rutgers at seven. And then I think Michigan's the worst team in the league. They oh, are hands down. Uh, so that's kind of how I have them ranked. Our buddy from earlier. Yeah. <laughs> he just walked by again. Is he back? Hey, he was. He, he he went west. Did you, did you lock the door? Yeah, we locked the door. We're kind of in a vulnerable position at 11th and 0. Um, It's an interesting neighborhood. So people it's, walk it's in sometimes. Like a man. It's a little you don't crazy. Know, yeah, they're a little nuts, but we we're nuts, so that's okay. I I I, I think I probably if there was a breathalyzer after he left, <laughs> just from talking to him, I probably would have blown like a point oh two or something. <laughs> that's right. I think you Holy probably would have. And you're probably still boiling uh, 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 above the legal limit. Yeah. So um, my ranking, I, Purdue, Wisconsin, Illinois, I think top three. I got Nebraska at four right now. Um, say what you want. I, bottom line is they beat the team I got at five. That's Northwestern. They beat the team I've got at six. That's Indiana. They're going to have a shot to beat the team I've got at seven, Ohio State. And then for me, eighth, even though they beat Nebraska, uh, Minnesota, I've got Michigan State right after that. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, it's, Take Nebraska, Northwestern, Indiana, Ohio State, Minnesota, Maryland, Iowa, Michigan State, and Penn State, and you kind of got a group, uh-huh. and then you got Rutgers, and then you got Michigan. Yeah, I would agree this with that. This is so similar to football season. It is. Which is surprising, but just the, the parody in the league. I don't think there's a team in this league that looks like a national champion. I think Purdue's good. I don't know that they're Arizona-type good. Um, Wisconsin might be that team. Wisconsin's really pretty. They're 14 and what are they? Uh, 14 and four overall. Uh, but, uh, they're six and one of the league. I think they're really, they're the best basketball team that I think Nebraska has played this year. Um, that's just me. Um, Purdue has Zach Eady. So everybody's going to say Purdue. Uh, but I think you've got three teams that could win, could, could get to, you know, sweet 16, maybe elite eight. I don't know that there's a national champion in the league this year. I hope I'm wrong because it's been, what, since 2000? Yeah. It, that the it, Big Ten I, has won the national title? Yeah, and this is, I mean, I, I get it. You got, you know, national player of the year, Zach Eady. But I think Purdue's too He's soft. He's going to win it two years in a row. Yeah, and I think Purdue is too soft to uh, make it out of the sweet 16 or at least I, maybe they get to the elite eight, but I don't even think they make the final four. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not a there's not a great team. Uh, no, and and the thing is, we've only got three top fifteen, you know, as opposed to twenty five because it's second, eleventh, and fourteenth. But 
There's only three ranked teams in the Big Ten, but there are, let's go, three, six, seven, eight. There's probably seven other teams that realistically you could put in at number 25 and go, yeah, I can see that. How many teams do you think are in the tournament? At the, when the it Big all 10. shakes out, I don't think there's more than six. I think Purdue, Wisconsin, Illinois, Northwestern, and Nebraska is on the bubble. Um, and then you've got teams like Michigan State. Do they get hot? Probably will. Ohio State's really good. Minnesota, they could go one way or another. Maryland, 12-6, and six, but I don't think they're good enough to make the tournament. I mean, you've got a lot of teams that would have to get hot to make no, the and, tournament. And exactly, and Nebraska's one of them. Yeah. I, like, I, I still think Nebraska is, I think uh, Joe Lenardi has Nebraska right now as one of the last four prior to the last four that get in. So they so they avoid the play in game, yeah. But at, you know, and and yesterday didn't didn't hurt, you know, because at the end of the day, that's the other thing. Granted, uh, what goes into all the ratings and the rankings and all the metrics that they use is point differentials, et cetera. But the the selection committee is not going to go look at the the box score from Nebraska Northwestern and say, "Wow, eighteen turnovers. They just got lucky because they were shooting well. And that's the only reason they won." They just go, "No, they won." period into story and they won by seven their wins over good teams haven't been flukes the kansas state win was not a fluke no the purdue win was not a fluke no um beating michigan state was not a fluke and that's a good basketball team despite the record um northwestern yeah, yesterday was not a fluke yeah it it hasn't been fluky for nebraska uh what's been well, kind of a fluke is some of their losses yeah it, the, it, the, it, the Rutgers <laughs> loss was kind of a fluke yeah, yeah. Uh, the minnesota loss was kind of a fluke um it's more their losses than their wins. I mean, they're, they're they're better than actually they've shown sometimes, and it's their road, their road woes that you worry about, and that's why I point to t- toughness. I mean, tough teams win on the road. Yeah, and, th- this is a big next two games. We we talked about it last Sunday. Nebraska really needs to go two and zero. Rutgers is a gettable game. They needed to go two and zero this week. They didn't. They went one and one. Look at next week. I know Ohio State's pretty salty, man. Chris Holtzman has got them playing yeah. well. But that's a game you have them at home. You need to win that game. And then you go on the road to Maryland. Maryland is 11 and 8. They just got beat at home by Michigan State today. I get it. They're going to be all frustrated and want to bounce. Bottom line is that's a gettable game. Nebraska needs to go 2 and 0 this week to continue and, and not just continue to be talked about as one of the last eight teams in or whatever. No, Look, let's not worry and, and, I guess this is the one thing the coaching staff is fantastic and they're going to do what they do from a, a motivational standpoint. But like for me, I'm tired of, are they going to get into the tournament? You know what? Yeah, I think they are. Let's start talking about wins that are going to earn them a higher seed, get them a better draw. You go two and oh this week, you're going to get a better draw come March. Go get it. And I think, you know, again, a big break that Jawan Gary is not out for the year because last year he was, and that kind of ended their season. Uh, this year, they skirted. I think Jawan thought he was out for the year. It looks like a strain. Is he back Tuesday? If not, at least he's back, I think, going forward after that. I think that's a big break for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Can they find a way to build a little more chemistry, cut down on the turnovers, start winning the rebounding battle on a more regular basis, play better on the road, all those things? If they do all that, I think they're a tournament team. And I, I think if you face Nebraska in the first round, the right matchup, I don't think you want to face Nebraska. In the NCAA tournament, it, it, it may not even matter who they play. They've already proven they can beat the number one team in the country. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing, too. We talked about this before the season started. 
This is a roster that is put together. And we, I get it. We've seen them play bad. So, and we're not, you know, we're not saying that it's not possible for them to play bad in an NCAA yeah. tournament game. But this is a team built to win in the NCAA tournament. I agree. It I agree. is a team that has depth, that has shooters, that can rebound, and that can be tough. And you foul them late, they're going to make their free throws. I mean, if they, they can protect the lead because they can make free throws. So it, once they're in the bonus, they don't foul usually on defense either. They're not a team well, that fouls a lot. I, mean, I can't remember the official's name, but anytime he refs Nebraska, uh, every game he's ref Nebraska is the most fouls we've had right. in games is yeah. the ones that he officiates because evidently uh, we did something to his cat or something. I don't Must know what's have done going something on. to his cat. Um, I don't think Tamanaga gets enough calls. I really don't think he gets enough calls for a guy that was preseason all league. I really don't. Um, this is late. Boy, are we in the third or second quarter? Chiefs are down right now. Yeah. 10 to 3. Yes. Uh, in the second quarter, 12 minutes and 39 seconds left to go. Bills lead 10 to 3. I'm not a Chiefs fan either. either. I, it, after their not. whining and crying this year, yeah. uh, because no evidently they should be uh, officiated differently and yeah. some rules don't apply to them. I don't think Taylor Swift has been good for that franchise this year. Uh, I, th <laughs> I, th I think it's more what's going on in the locker room than what's well, going on. And uh, what's going on in the locker room? Is Taylor Swift in there? I don't know. Um, anyway, I, I just think she's been a big distraction for that football team because they don't, they don't look like, uh, the chiefs of old, but you know, they'll probably come back and win the game. Uh, that I, hope not. I hope not as well. Uh, let's get to break. Come back with Tom Chattel of the Omaha world Herald. We'll talk a lot about Danny knee and, uh, his favorite stories from the Danny knee era coming up next. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby, Husker rewind more after this. Back to the ticket weeknights on 93.7, the ticket and the ticket FM.com. Welcome back to Husker Rewind here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. That is Tom Stevens. I am Mike Melby. And joining us on the Aloe VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local art, is the legendary Omaha World Herald columnist, Mr. Tom Chattel. Tom, how are you on this fine Sunday evening? Hey, guys. I'm just enjoying the heat wave. Oh, no <laughs> kidding. Above zero, oh, everybody run around. Right. Yeah, it's going to be in the 30s all week long. Yeah, I mean, let's celebrate. I mean, that's a big deal. 30s, we've got 30s all week long. It's going to be great. Uh, uh, so you saw Danny Knee. I'm guessing. Did you spend any time with Danny, uh, like Friday night before the game at Barry's? No, and I, I, uh, I wish I had. It's not where all the action was. Um, we, uh, we, uh, Barknack and I saw Danny uh, before the game yesterday. He was kind of sitting behind Kemp Pavelka in, in a chair, and it just by himself. And they, we, okay, we, I haven't talked to him yet. So let's go talk to him. We would talk to him. I said, "Hey, uh, you go to Barry's after the game?" And he and he goes, "I hope not." He's <laughs> <laughs> a, uh, a little dusty from the night before. He said, um, "He said I." I I just, I just want to have one beer, but the problem is you can't just have one beer. So um, <laughs> it was. It sounded like um, they they just had a great uh, a, a great evening. Um, a lot of ex players, a lot of stories. Danny grabbed the bike, of course, and and then just kind of took off. I think that's maybe why they didn't give him the mic at the arena <laughs> or during the there's a timeout. They weren't sure what he was going right. to just right. do, but. Um, um, yeah, it's not like they just went all night at Barry's and, you know, that's, 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 that
the, the, the older I get, I, mean, I, I love my job more and more. It's because of, 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 of a big like yesterday. I just, I know it was just uh, a great, great big. I'm sure the stories were flowing. We heard one from uh, Eric Strickland last hour. We had Eric on and, and, you know, I brought up, hey, a little similarity between the, the Big 8 title team in 94 and this year's team is free throw shooting. And during the Tom and I both went back and watched the Oklahoma State-Nebraska uh, title game. Uh, it's only like an hour and 20 minutes on YouTube. It's all blurry and you can barely see it and make yeah. out who the people are, but it is what it is. At least you got to watch the game. And one of the things they note is that in, under, in the last five minutes of games that year, Nebraska shot 81% from the free throw line. And I asked Eric, I said, you know, why were you guys that good under pressure? Have you heard the story as to maybe why? No. Evidently, uh, they had a, a game where they were not shooting free throws very well. And Danny said, um, until the team, and just rotating one guy at a time, makes 10 in a row, you guys aren't leaving. And so it got to the point where they said, you know what? We're now playing strip free throws. <laughs> you miss, article of clothing comes off. He says, yeah, all of a sudden, everybody started making them a little bit better. Oh, my God. That is perfect. Yeah. That's fantastic. I never thought of that before. <laughs> <sighs> Got to motivate them somehow. The 90, yeah. we, we think back and, you know, some of these teams were just incredible with, you know, players like Rich King and Tony Farmer and Bo Reed and Eric Strickland and uh, Eric Piatkowski. I mean, the, the talent on the floor in that era was incredible. And Danny's ability to recruit them to Nebraska was incredible. Um, it, it's, it's hard to to know if Nebraska will ever get back to that point, do you think Nebraska can? Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm a, a firm believer. I, I'll, I'll be an eternal optimist. I've, I've seen it, and I've seen it happen everywhere. And I mean, we saw it here. They, they had, they got the talent here. When, in fact, they hadn't really, they had no, uh, you know, really outstanding uh, a, a tradition to sell. I mean. When he got here in 86, you know, they, they had just been to the tournament the year before, but they never won and they hadn't really been to the tournament very much. And, and, um, you know, <laughs> the crowds were good, but not great. And, and so, yeah, it, it, it can happen because I, I've, I've seen it happen here. You just got to get the right coach. It's, I know we, it's an era of NIL now and boy, can you imagine? The '90s in Nebraska, if they had NIL with the not only the, the football superstars but some of the basketball superstars, I mean, it'd have been uh, it'd have been wild. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I I believe it. You just gotta get the coach. And you know, one thing Danny said, uh, we were talking. He goes, he he, he just he pointed to the court and he ran. And he said, he goes, can you believe this? He goes. You know, not my wildest imagination did I ever imagine he could have had this or the the, the Hendricks facility. He said, I, 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 he said I, I couldn't even dream it up back then. So, um, and I, I, I think Haymarket Park probably started a little bit of that, um, where, you know, hey, we could do some, some really cool things here. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, um, I, I believe it. I, I, you're gonna have to coach because I'm, I've seen it happen every, just about everywhere. Um, and uh, I always use the example. Maybe it's a bad example, but Iowa State. I said, if you can have tradition, 
in, in Ames, Iowa. Um, back to 1980, they, they talked Johnny Orr into coming. He was off the money. He was ready to go. Um, they, they didn't have anything like they had now. So, you know, mm-hmm. my thing is if you could do it there, and now it's even easier, if you want to use the word easier, uh, the high school basketball and the, the, the AAU scene and the, the select, uh, the OSA, I guess AAU now is, is called OSA, <laughs> Omaha Sports Academy. But, I mean, the, the kids are everywhere. And from, like, uh, uh, Baylor Shiremans all the way to Omaha. They're, the kids can play hoops. They're, they're, they've got better prospects up and down the, you know, the line. So it's, it's a good time. That, it's a good time to uh, invest in basketball now. It really is. And from the standpoint of you mentioned, you just got to get the right coach. I would make the assumption that you feel like Fred Hoiberg can definitely be the right coach for Nebraska. He, he's, I, I, I believe it now more than I did a couple of years ago. Um, and maybe even last year at some point. Um, I felt like Nebraska didn't have an identity or a plan. You know, what kind of kids are you going to recruit? What kind of style are you going to play? What are you going to teach? What are you going to be good at? What's your, you know, um, what's your calling card? Uh, when things get tough, what do you lean on? And they never really had, you know, uh, underneath they did. They were up and down, talent, um, shooting, they, they were really, uh, they knew what they wanted to be. Um, you know, finally Fred's kind of got into that. And maybe, maybe he knew what he wanted to be when he got here. And they had uh, Adelassa, the, the, the so-called GM, getting the five stars. And it just was the wrong plan for the Big Ten. And um, I think we've seen some of that with, with, with Nebraska football. You're trying to win in the Big Ten. Um, you know, when you can go do national things, you have to take care of the, the conference. And to do that, you have to you know, be physical and you've got to do things fundamentally. And um, I think Nebraska's doing that now in basketball. Um, maybe they're not always fundamentally. Right. But they, 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 they lack the, the, the point guard right now. Um, but I, I love what they do inside. And, um, I mean, they just carved up Northwestern yesterday. I mean, you know, Northwestern's a, a, a good big team program. Doesn't have an inside game, which which is kind of surprising. Maybe that's how they want to do it. But um, so yeah, I think you can. Um, but last week at Rutgers was so disappointing. And he don't rebound. I mean, you've got the. Okay, yeah, Rutgers is physical, but so is Nebraska. I mean, you know, they've been physical. It was just, they had the lead, and they, they, they lost it twice. It just, that was a tough one. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned that Nebraska can do it because you've seen it done before here, and then you've pointed to Iowa State. Well, Hoiberg was one of those guys at Iowa State that had it really yeah. rolling, uh, and then he came to Nebraska, and I, I thought the same thing. Well, he did it at Iowa State. But he did it with transfers at Iowa State when they were one of the few teams recruiting transfers. Then everybody started doing it. And the formula that he had with Ad Dalmasi back at Iowa State wasn't successful at Nebraska. Now he seems to have the right mix of getting uh, the transfers and developing them and playing a little defense. Um, But what do you see him needing to do? It feels like he's safe, at least for this year and maybe into next year. 
What's he need to do going forward to secure his job for the long haul? Well, I mean, it's dangerous to rely so much on the transfers. Um, and I think last year with Sam Griesel, that was a big deal. Um, he really changed the program. He, he, he got them to a point where they were going to compete, have a chance to win. Um, and then, you know, this year the transfers have been, have been good. Um, I think you need to, uh, again, the, the, the point guard in the Big Ten is so important. And, um, you know, you can't let a, a Chucky Hepburn, you have to lock him up. You can't let him get out of the state. Uh, a guy like that comes along. Um, and I, I think it, it's, it's good to be older. This is still an older league. But they, 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 their shooting percentage is still, to me, too up and down still at times. Uh, I like the way they play defense, but I just think they get a get a nucleus, get, get, get some high school kids that are going to be around for a while. I know it's hard to do because the, the kids transfer, but um, they got to shoot a little better, have a little better chance on offense, and um, I like what they're doing with the the defense and and uh, the big men. They're just, just not there every game. Um, and uh, the toughness, you shouldn't have to call them out at this stage of the season for, for not being tough. I mean, that's, that, that tells me that there's not a not an inherent part of the program. That, that needs to be there all the time. It needs to be part of the, the, the culture. And it, it can't be a, a once-in-a-while thing. It has to be there every game. Well, and the interesting thing is they had games where they were the tougher team. They were the tougher team against Purdue. Yeah. They wanted it more. They were the yeah. tougher team against K-State. Um, and, well, it, you know, but the consistency of toughness is, is also what you're talking about. Um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit back to to Danny Nee. Um, we all have stories that we could share, some of them not <laughs> on broadcast radio. Yeah. Um, what's some of your more memorable uh, takeaways from Danny when he was here uh, if it's just good stories or an overall feeling about him from from his 14 years, yeah, just how he he was a, a man of the people, and he was still a man of the people yesterday. And um, you know, the Husker fans, and he was a personality, and uh, he was a character. And in, in a, at a time when there was Billy Tubbs and Johnny Orr, and Norm Stewart, and and um, but, but he was like everybody's favorite, you know. And the media around the Big Eight loved coming here when the Skyriders came to Lincoln in August. You know, nobody ever saw Osborne or those guys. They saw Danny Nee. He, you know, we, would say, well, we'd say, I guess it was the Hilton. Now it's the the Graduate uh, Hotel, but it used to be like a Hilton for a while. Maybe it was a Holiday Inn there. Yep. But that's where the, the Skyriders stayed, and we just walked two blocks down the Berries, which was a longtime sports writer bar. Um, and then it, it became owned by a sports, by two sports writers. I was going to say, Ken and Riley Jane. Ken and Riley Jane. So it was perfect. But that's where the scammers hung out. And uh, Danny Nee was easy guy to say, hey, come on by and hang out with us. And he did. And he'd tell stories. Um, you know, we and I would go over the Big Eight uh, to cover one of those games. And 
you, you know, you, you might find him in the hotel bar the night before, and, and you could sit there and talk with him, and they talk about other other teams in the league, and and uh, just off the record stuff. And he used, stuff he he used to do, and, and we used to do. You can't do anymore. Um, but I just, I just thought he was a a man of the people, and um, he was just so uh, not raw, but just he he wore his emotions on his sleeve, and you know, it, it wasn't necessarily it wasn't polished he wasn't programmed to do it he just whatever he, he felt he was you, you were going to see it and i'll never forget the, the game at missouri at the end of the year 94 missouri's got to win one game to go undefeated season undefeated regular season and of course they think they're going to beat nebraska they would beat nebraska at home well um that day Nebraska played well a lot of calls went against him at the end. It's Norm's court, and it's you know, you know the, the championship day. They're going to cut down the nets, all this stuff. So they're they're not going to lose that game. But all all that aside, Pykowski still almost beats him with the three pointer uh, at the buzzer that, that just kind of rims out. And um, I just remember after the game, um, we're standing outside the locker room waiting for. Um, Daniel to come out and the door finally the the door swings open and here he comes he's got his sport coat over his um, shoulder and he he makes he walks right past he just blows right past us and there's this ramp it's like a it goes up out of the arena and it, it's like uh, delivery trucks and those kind of things he walks up this ramp all the like he goes all the way to the top. And he comes back down, and he's, okay, the hell was his cooling off period when he was ready to talk, and I think he still went off on everybody. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, so I said, I wonder how far that was. So I, I went up to where he stopped and turned around, and, and it was 52 steps. I counted them, and I ended up writing about that. So the next day is um, Sunday, and so we, we drive back to uh, Omaha, and we're – about the on I twenty nine, I read about the Iowa border. We turn on the and there's Iowa State's playing now that Sunday for some reason. Iowa State's last game was that Sunday, so we turn on the radio. We're going to catch we've got about an hour or so left uh, before we get home, so we're, we're going to listen to the Cyclones uh, game. And um, they had the Johnny Orr Johnny Orr pregame show, and and uh, the the <laughs> it was Pete Taylor. Eric, one of one of the one of the broadcasters asked Johnny, "Hey, Coach, what, what did you think about the Big Eight as we go into the tournament next week? Uh, the games yesterday were good. What do you think about the race? Um, you know, after Missouri, um, and Johnny just went on. He he's talking about the Nebraska Missouri game. He goes, he goes, did you see that game? Because they got screwed, and he starts laughing. And we, we were just howling in the car, looking at Johnny Arnold to describe Nebraska getting screwed. So um, that that was. And then, you know, we went to Kansas City, and um, it was magic. It was a magical week. And we didn't really see it coming. We knew Nebraska was good, and they were probably going to make the tournament. Um, did we think they were going to win the Big Eight tournament? We'd never seen it. But uh, they beat Oklahoma, a good Oklahoma team. And I believe Pat Cassidy on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, heck, I think it was the first game. I think he scored like 45 points. 42. Uh, he was on fire. Single yeah. game record. How many? Yeah. 42. Single game record. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
they had this uh, fan uh, expedition or in the um, American Royal Building next to Kemper. And so all, all, everyone looked like a giant tailgate party for all the fans. So after the game, they had Pikowski, hey, Eric, you need to go make an appearance at the Nebraska tailgate party. So in, in full uniform, he walks through all the fans. I, I, I just had to follow him. Walked through the in, in, entire American Royal Building to, to the Nebraska party, and he's passing all these big eight fans from all the other schools. And they're high-fiving him and, and you know, great job, Eric. And it was, it was cool to see him do that. And the next day, um, you know, Norman and, and Danny hated each other's guts and, um, for all kinds of reasons. And, um, they, uh, the next day, you know, there was a problem with the scores table and, and Norm went to chime in and kind of influence the, you know, the whole matter. Danny got up and wouldn't have any of it. He got right in Norman's face and started cussing him. He uh. put his finger on his chest. It was wonderful. <laughs> That's what I met. You don't see that stuff anymore. No. Everybody today is too polite, too politically correct, too polished. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, it, that was a great era. I remember the sit-down norm signs Nebraska fans always had. Uh, you had Johnny Yore, as you mentioned. You had Billy Tubbs. You had great coaches. It, it was just so much fun, and, and they legitimately hated each other. It was great. It was it was what college so. Some of what college sports is missing a little bit today. Well, yes, and the Big Eight was so good and so much fun. The great thing was Nebraska was in the middle of it. They had their they had their coach, their character coach. They had their, their talent. They had their talent as good as anybody in the league, um, and maybe not. Yeah, you know, Oklahoma, maybe Missouri might have had some more guys, but but Nebraska could play with but with any of them. It was just, it was great for that because, um, you know, I remember, you know, back then, uh, Nebraska basketball, maybe the, the Nebraska football media guide, they used to hang up the football media guides, you know, in August, and you'd get this book, and you'd go all the way to the back, and there would be one page for Nebraska basketball, like a little, little preview, like, here's your token, you right. know, Husker hoop deal at the end of the football media guide. So, you know, Danny made it a big time deal. Yep. Long lines to get in the Danny Center and sold out, and he went up on the court, and he was entertaining. And he came to um, Omaha Racers, uh, where the CBA Finals in '93, like in May. Because it was like 70 degrees out, we're going to watch basketball at Excalibur Coliseum. We're watching that. We're going to see the the Grand Rapids Thrillers play the racers for the world championship of the CBA. And that's how they built it up. And sometimes, you know, right in the middle, or before the game starts, there was a buzz in the crowd. They looked down and heard, here he comes. Danny Neen walking into the Simon Coliseum to watch the CBA game. And people, like, they, they mobbed him. They wanted his autograph. You know, some people took pictures. Uh, he t Everybody went up to shake his hand. And then after the game, he went to... He was McKenna's barbecue in Omaha, and he was hanging out there, and it was just like this. He was a celebrity coach, and yeah. it was it was, so it was great. Uh, I can't let you leave without one uh, football c question. We always talk yeah. about Nebraska uh, winning the off season. It seemed to happen under Mike Riley or Scott Frost. Uh, this year, it seems a little more legitimate. You get Dylan Riola, 
And then you roll into the offseason. You get a couple of big uh, transfer portal commits. He looked good in the Polynesian Bowl. Carter Nelson looked good. It, it feels like there's something, there's some momentum with Nebraska football. Do you feel it? I do. And, and, and I, I fell to the whole last fall because of the, you know, the, the, the progress reports against the rule every Monday, every you know, moment with Matt, um, you tell us what you can explain what they were doing. <laughs> it was great to hear. Um, it's not sexy. It was just basic stuff. Um, and the things he talks about is the things they used to do so well. So I haven't heard those in a long time. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hope is good. It's okay to have hope. We've had a lot of hype and I've been part of it, but now it's good to have hope. And yeah, you got to have players to win. Um, I think we saw last year, there was a lot of good coaching. There was a lot of fundamentals. Um, you know, they're, they're on top of things. And, um, so we'll see. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to they're gonna break any records next year. But if they can get a quarterback who can throw from here to there and, 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 and keep the ball, you know, off the ground, and, and if they can get a running game, if they can get a running game from Hawaii, any of the guys coming back, yeah. and just be the guy, I think it'll really help the whole offense. I'm excited about a, a quarterback coach. That makes so much sense. I think there's urgency. With Rayola, with he's here now, all of a sudden you got to go get those guys, the receivers, the linemen, the transfers. Uh, you, you know, you, you, you want to do it now. You can't just wait for three or four years. So I think, I think that's going to be good. So, um, you know, <laughs> we've heard them all before, right? Yeah. We've, they've got all the trophies from offseason titles lined up. So, um, but you know what? Who cares? It's, it's good to have hope. It's it's good to be excited, um, and I can't wait till spring football. Yeah, me too. Uh, Tom, thanks for the time. It was fun. We'll have you back soon. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Thank thanks, you. Tom. There you go, Tom right. Chattel, uh, the legend from the Omaha World Herald. Uh, fun stories about well, Danny Knee. Yeah, I 52 know. We, steps. We, <laughs> Fifty-two steps. Fifty-two. And I know we got to get to break. When we come back, though, I actually let's I just not even up. take a break. Let's just did we burn we, through enough I commercials? I don't think, I think we, we did. I don't think we have to take a break. We're on the stream. Yeah, and I think we burned through plenty of commercials yeah. in the two hours too. Um, so, so we'll just go right up until we leave. Yeah, and I, I this is I wanted to kind of bring it up with Tom, but I knew we were kind of pressing uh, up against the time frame here. I'm going to give you seven names. And this was the seven of the eight coaches in the Big Eight in 1993-94. And when he says, when Tom Chattel says, yeah, give this me the was the most fun that like you would characters. ever want to have. Characters. So to lead the way in, in character on the jerk side, Norm Stewart at Missouri. Oh, yeah. Well, the, okay. well, the Antlers were jerks. I mean, they I was, were mean. I, I had pop dumped on my head by one of the antlers as They're like a mean. ten-year-old or twenty. No, oh, they would say the most thirteen. I mean, and if you went to Columbia to watch, it a game, was in Columbia. They were the, they, they were vicious. Yeah, they were absolutely vicious. Yeah, dude, dude with a big A on his on his shirt. I'm was coming back from the bathroom, walking back to where the the, the dad of the guy I went with was standing, and this guy goes, "Hey, are you from Nebraska?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and he just dumps his pop on my head. <laughs> I was like 13. So you got Norm Stewart at Missouri. Yeah. Second on the jerk list, but still one of the. Jerk actually, store call. He's not, not, I'm not going to. No, no, no. Not jerk. 
this guy was one of the best characters, not yeah. in a jerk way. Yeah. Johnny Ward, Iowa State. Yeah, they did the whole, here's yep. Johnny. Yeah, and Johnny was such a character. Great guy. Um, Eddie Sutton at Oklahoma State. Just a great coach. Great coach. Great coach. But but he he was Tom Izzo today. To me, Eddie Sutton then is Tom yeah. Izzo today. Tough. Tough. Yeah, and again, yeah. like you just didn't want to play him. But not Bobby Knight tough. Not no, no, mean no, no, like no not mean, Knight. no. Yeah. Roy Williams at Kansas. Danny at Nebraska. Billy Tubbs at Oklahoma. And last but not least, the one with the least amount of character, one of the most introverted head coaches of any major college sport ever, but still one of the best from Wilbur, Wilbur Nebraska, Dana Altman at Kansas State. That's right. That was the 93 94. Right? Yeah. He had Mitch Richmond. They, they had some good teams. Yeah. That was 93 94. Seven of the eight schools. Joe Harrington was the coach at Colorado who went like. Two and twelve in the league yeah, that I don't year, even but remember yeah, him. Yeah. I remember all the others. Yeah, but I, how much fun would it have been? How many of those guys are Roy Williams is in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I mean Billy Tubbs should have won a national title. Yeah, I think I feared his teams more than any of his others. I yeah. mean Mookie Blaylock. I mean King. I mean Raymond, Tisdale. Raymond Tisdale. Well, and and they the, te the team that that Roy Williams won with Danny and the Miracles beats Oklahoma in the title game. Oh. That that era was so fun for you kids that didn't get to see not just the basketball talent, which was crazy good, but the press conferences, the press conferences, <laughs> the characters. They were just legit. They were legit. They were fun. Well, the, and the the problem, and I'm I'm kind of happy that you know Danny standing at half court shouting down Norm Stewart, putting a finger in his chest. The sad thing is, if that happened today in the world we live in today, you'd have an idiot in the stands that would try to jump in and start a fight. Right. Like you literally have somebody come out of the stands or, you know, one of the younger players is going to, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Again, it's because we're old. It's why you got to get the hell off our lawn. Okay. Get. <laughs> yeah. Norm Stewart can get off my lawn. <laughs> exactly. Still today. Get off my lawn, Norm. 30 years later. Is Norm, he still alive? He's got to be. He's still alive, isn't he? I, I think he's, I'm pretty sure he's still alive. We talked about uh, the last, Number uh, the last win Nebraska basketball had against the number one ranked team before they had beaten Purdue, it was Missouri. in 1982. It was Steve Stefanovich and John Sunvold who both played in the NBA. Uh, and Nebraska went on the road to Columbia, probably more impressive than beating Purdue here at home, going on the road to Columbia and winning. Uh, that was a that was a fun team. That was a team that wasn't even that that big. Yeah, Norm's 89 years old, still alive. And yeah, and Nebraska should have won. They got screwed by a referee, and I can't, I, I popped in my head last week, but it was 44 42. They should have won that game. Uh, I think it was tied at 42. And then there was uh, kind of like the phantom call last year against Purdue, um, where, where CJ Wilcher doesn't touch, uh, I can't remember who it was for Purdue. And the guy just ran past the ball he was dribbling, and Juwan Gary had it in his hands, ready to go the other way for an uncontested dunk. And they called a phantom uh, foul on Wilcher. So, um, but that, yeah, to go back to that Missouri game, it was very similar to that uh, back in '82. That was at Devaney Center, and then they uh, they go ahead and just train wreck him as 75-59 or something like that. Uh, but yeah, and so the one thing I wanted to ask Strick, and we'll have to sometime. How much fun was it to play in a game with Billy Tubbs and Danny Nee as the coaches? Incredible. I, there was like Incredible. six games they played that both teams scored over 100 points. 
And the one game went to like triple overtime. And the final was like 123-120. I think Nebraska won. But yeah. that was, wasn't that the game that Keith Moody hits a three at the buzzer? Right. Everybody had fouled out. Yeah. Everybody, I mean, Keith Moody was left on the floor. There were a couple of other guys. Uh, but like three or four guys had fouled well, out. For there Nebraska. was one point, if I remember right, there was one point where the the announcers were talking about whether or not one of the teams would be able to play with four players. Right. I, I because remember like that. the benches were gone. Oh yeah, and, the, and it was in that triple overtime game. That was so much fun. Well, we got to leave. Gotta go find uh, that we're gonna leave. Uh, by the way, Kansas City is taking the lead over Buffalo. Uh, but Buffalo is driving, about to score. I think they're in the. Are they in the red zone? Maybe they're not. Five, oh yeah, they're third and five. They're on the seven yard line. Uh, so we might as well just call the play by play. We can do that for one play. For one play, we can. Uh, third and five. First down, I think, Buffalo. Did he catch it? They're waving it off. No? Officials say he got the it. Chiefs are waving it off. Uh, but I think he got the first down. So Buffalo's going to have a first down on the three-yard line. I think that's a catch. That's a catch. That is definitely yeah, a catch. Yeah, that's without a doubt a catch. Uh, definitely rooting for Buffalo over the Chiefs. I'm just not a I'm, – I'm just over the whole, the yeah. whole thing yep. with the Chiefs this year. I'm just done. But whatever. If you're a Chiefs fan, uh, go Chiefs. Uh, we're leaving. We'll see you next week. Mike, great show. Thanks to Tom Chattel. Thanks to Eric Strickland. Uh, fun remembering stories of Danny Nee. And we'll see you next week. See you. Bye-bye.